Hey, welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. This is Paul Doherty, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening, for subscribing, for sharing this podcast with your friends and family members, sharing it on social media, and thanks for helping us get the word out about it. You know, I'm learning how to lead. I believe we're all kind of learning how to lead. You know, we've talked about in the past how it's important not to think that leadership is a destination, but it's a journey. And that every day we're trying to get better uh, to become the leader that God's called us to be. So we've talked about learning to think like a leader, learning to see like a leader. Today I want to talk to you about learning to speak like a leader. You can't live a positive life with a negative mouth. You can't live a victorious life with a defeated mouth. You have to get your words in your mouth in line with your beliefs. So if you believe that you're called to lead, you need to speak like it. If you believe that God's put potential inside of you, that there's more that God wants you to do, then you need to speak that out. I remember learning this lesson the hard way. Right after my father had passed away from cancer in 2009, uh, I was 24 at that time, just got married. I was pastoring our college ministry, and I was starting to preach on the weekends. Uh, Right in the last few months of my dad's sickness, he asked me to start speaking on Saturday nights, and so I started doing that. And when he passed away, our church went through a really tough time. In fact, in a matter of about a year and a half to two years, like 2,000 people left our church from, uh, and that's attendance. So 2,000 people in attendance left, and we were, when he was alive, we were at like 10,000 plus people a week that were attending the church, and so it was a pretty noticeable shift of that many people leaving, and for some reason, a lot of them were leaving the Saturday night service, and I was preaching at, and I was like, what's wrong with myself, and uh, I was trying so hard, you know, I was studying and practicing and preaching my heart out, but I think people really missed my dad, and I was so much younger. I mean, my dad was twice my age and had so much more wisdom and and experience, and he was such a great leader, and so when I stepped in and started preaching on that Saturday night, I think people were missing that leader that my dad was and, and didn't really have the patience to wait for me to become the leader God had called me to be. So it was really frustrating, and I remember driving up this one night to the church. I was getting ready to preach, and it was about 30 minutes before service was going to start. I was running a little late. Actually, I'd been at church the whole day. I left to go get coffee, and I was coming back, and the parking lot just felt kind of empty, and I just had this really discouraging feeling on the inside. I remember just parking my car and looking at the front of our church, And I literally said this with my mouth. I had already kind of been in a negative tone with my words. I hadn't really been speaking life. I hadn't really been speaking hope uh, or speaking words of, of faith. And I just looked at the church and I go, man, our best days are behind us. And I I said, man, things aren't going to get better. I'm not as good as my dad. And I just was talking to myself and I was talking so negative. And I just heard God say in my heart, it wasn't audibly, but I felt this impression in my heart, change the narrative, change the narrative, stop speaking so negative, change the narrative. And so when I felt that in my heart, I remembered a lot of the confessions I had heard growing up from my parents. I had always been taught our church was a church of faith and we had to live by faith because our church, when we started, we had like no money. My parents moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma by faith 
to come to Oral Roberts University, and then God called them to start this church and start the Christian school and the Bible college and the Dream Center and the camp, and everything was done by faith. And they lived, you know, debt-free and did things on a cash basis, and so it was a very, you know, they were teaching faith all the time and teaching us that the Bible says uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue, so you need to use your mouth to speak faith. Well, I started thinking about these confessions, and I had kind of stopped saying those, especially after my father passed. I just wasn't speaking life. But in this moment, in my car, parked right in front of our church, looking at the big auditorium from the outside, I, I suddenly started to remind myself of those confessions. And I wrote it down on a little napkin in my car. I wrote down, um, I have victory in this life because Jesus lives in me. I am more than a conqueror. God who started this great work in me is going to be faithful to finish it, and he's going to bring me to a flourishing finish. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am here on purpose. And as I'm saying these conver- you know, these words and these confessions and kind of having this conversation with myself, I probably looked like a lunatic to anybody that drove by because I'm all by myself in my car and I'm saying it out loud, writing it on a napkin. But honestly, I didn't feel it at first. And sometimes you have to say it even before you feel it. You have to use your words to change your attitude. You can't wait until you have the perfect attitude to finally start speaking the right words. Oftentimes you have to speak the right words even when your attitude or your outlook or even your circumstances have not changed at all. I'm talking like 0% improvement. You still got to start speaking those words of life because there's power in your tongue. There's power in your words. And I noticed that when I started to speak life, my attitude slowly started to change. I had been walking into our auditorium and looking at this, you know, almost 5,000 seat auditorium that my dad built right before he passed away, literally like a year and a half before he passed away, we finally completed this massive auditorium that, you know, he had been dreaming of building almost their whole lives because we had been meeting in another big auditorium in, uh, in the city across the street at Oral Roberts University. And so we finally had finished our victory auditorium. And when I would walk in, I'd look at all these seats and I'd think to myself, man, we're never going to fill this place up. It's so big. And why did my dad have to build such a big auditorium? I'm going to have to bring curtains in here and cover up, you know, thousands of seats my whole life. And, and I was just speaking negative. And all of a sudden, like I said, that one day, God said, change the narrative, change the narrative. So I started speaking. Our best days are right in front of us. Our best days are right in front of us. And when I walked into that auditorium that next week and I looked at all those seats, instead of saying this is never going to fill up, this is way too big, I started to say this is too small. This is too small. God has so much more. There are so many lost people in this city that need Jesus, so many unchurched people that need hope, that need the message of Jesus Christ, and this building is not big enough to contain the revival that God's bringing to our church Yeah, I was saying all of that to an empty auditorium. I was having to speak those words of life and faith. And once again, there were people in my life that were like, hey, Paul, don't get your hopes up. Don't say that kind of stuff. You know, what if that never happens? But today, here I am, a few years later, since changing my confession, and every Sunday in our 11 a.m. service, I'm starting to see that place fill up. Thousands of people coming to church, 
hundreds of people responding to the messages, coming down to the altar calls, giving their lives to Jesus. And I'm telling you, God has started to grow our church again. We're starting to see more and more people come to church, people that haven't been in church for years, people who've never known Jesus. I've gotten to talk to so many people that are coming that are, are for the first time giving their life to Jesus Christ. And man, that's amazing because I know that, you know, five years ago, I felt hopeless. I felt discouraged. I felt my mouth was so negative about my future. But when I started changing my words, it started to change my attitude. It didn't necessarily change the outside circumstances right away, but it changed my outlook, changed my perspective, changed my attitude. And as those things changed, I started approaching my calling and I started approaching my ministry with a different perspective, with more boldness, more confidence, more courage in who God is and who God is inside of me and what God wanted to do in this ministry. So about three years ago, I kind of brought that confession into our church. And when I stepped in as pastor, I said, every week we're going to say this confession before I even preach. And so I lead them in this confession. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. That's what I ask them to say. And then I go into the next part. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God's not finished with me yet. And I think that phrase right there is really important, especially in our city, because there's a lot of religiosity um, in in our city and people sometimes can kind of get this mindset of I've heard it all been there done that I've arrived I know all there is to know about God he's already finished with me and so I have to just just put that challenge out there for those people and then also for the people who feel condemned who feel ashamed who kind of feel like maybe God's done with them that he's disappointed in them he's given up on them so I always say no God is not finished with you yet if there's breath in your lungs then there's hope for your future. If there's breath in your lungs, God's not finished. If God's in it, God's not finished with you yet. And he has the greatest miracles for your life still in front of you. And so I challenge them to believe that and to speak that. And then I end the confession with, my best days are right in front of me. And I make them say that. My best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. When we do that confession, so many people, it changes their attitude. It changes their perspective. I've had so many people come up to me after church and say, you know, I don't remember everything you said in the sermon, but that confession, when you made me say that confession, man, it changed me. It spoke to me. It really ministered to my heart. And guys, I just want to tell you, as leaders, we have a calling to use our mouth, to use our words to bring life and not death. You get the option every day what you're going to use your mouth to do. And the Bible says you can either use your mouth to really invite hell into the atmosphere or invite heaven into the atmosphere. You can either speak hope or you can speak harmful words. You can either lift others up or you can pull people down. And I want to challenge you to start using your words to build up yourself, to build up others, and to become the biggest encourager in your life. To start using your words to speak life over yourself and over others. I'm telling you, you cannot live a positive life with a negative mouth. So it's time to start using your words to speak life, speak hope, speak potential. Call those things that are not as though they were. Whatever you're looking at right now that's making you feel discouraged or making you feel hopeless or trying to just you know silence your faith or silence your hope, 
You've got to get louder than the discouragement. You've got to choose that you're not going to be defeated. The Bible says that we have the power in our words, in our prayers, to speak to mountains and tell them to move. And I'll tell you this, if you don't start speaking to some of your mountains, your mountains are going to speak to you. If you don't start talking back to Goliath, Goliath is going to silence you. You've got to get louder than the giants in your life, louder than the mountains, and you've got to start speaking those words of faith. I want to challenge you not just to speak words of life and faith and hope over yourself, but speak it over others. When I was a little kid, I had some major ADD problems, and I was wild, and I was a little bit crazy, and I was like not good at listening, couldn't sit still. I know you're thinking to yourself, no, Paul, really? <laughs> yes, that was me. I'm just kidding. I think you probably already guessed that I had some ADD issues. And I remember my dad putting his hand on my head, especially when I was acting really wild, and he would just say, peaceful Paul, peaceful Paul. Now, he could have said crazy Paul. He could have said wild Paul. He could have said Paul has so many issues. What's wrong with my son? But instead of calling those things that already were there in the natural, he decided to call those things that were not there yet, that he saw in his heart by faith that I was going to walk in peace and that I was going to be peaceful and that I was going to be focused and that I would be able to concentrate. And he would just speak it over me. Peaceful, Paul. Peaceful, Paul. And guys, I'm telling you, I grew into that peace that he called out on the inside of me before it was there. By the time I got into middle school and high school, I became focused. I was able to concentrate. I was able to listen. When I got into college, I was able to really work on assignments and projects and have a, a clear mind and a peaceful heart. But that wasn't the case when I was in elementary. So what happened was is I grew into the confession that my parents spoke over me. And whether you're a parent or whether you're a close friend to someone that you need to speak some life to, or maybe you're a boss and you've got employees underneath you that just aren't being who you want them to be, start speaking by faith. Start calling those things that are not as though they were. I mean, there's going to be times where if you are a boss and there's an employee you got to let go, let them go. But at the same time, don't be the kind of person that never uses your words to craft and to shape the leaders that are under you and around you. God wants you to use your words to speak life, to give that potential on the inside of others around you. I've seen this even in my marriage with my wife, that when I am speaking life over her and speaking potential and saying, Ashley, you are such a good mom. You are so great when you help me in the staff meetings, when you help me in the church, you do such a great job. Man, she comes alive. I help her to bloom. And as husbands, we're either helping our wives bloom or we're causing them to wilt. And usually it's our words. If we are not using our words to build our spouse up or to build our children up or to build those people around us up, chances are they are they're they're suffocating. They are begging and desperate for us to speak some life and hope and potential. So Here's the lesson from today. If there's anything I've learned from some of the leaders above me um, and leaders that have mentored me, we have power in our words. And we must use our words as leaders to speak life, speak faith, speak hope, even in the midst of discouragement, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, speak to the mountains or the mountains will speak to you. You cannot live a positive life with a negative mouth. So it's time to get your words in line with those beliefs on the inside of you. So let me end with a few confessions to say 
over yourself. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are here on purpose because you have a purpose. God is not finished with you yet. Your best days are not behind you. They are truly right in front of you. The greatest miracles you've ever seen in your life haven't happened yet. God has so much more that he wants to do in you and through you for his glory. God has called you. God has appointed you. God has anointed you for such a time as this. You are uniquely made in God's image. You have God's DNA on the inside of you. You are so valuable. God is working all things together for good. God is working behind the scenes for your behalf. God is removing the wrong people from your life and he's bringing the right people into your life. God is for you. He's not against you. God is with you. He's not abandoned you. And God is ready to help you become the leader that he's called you to be. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I believe you're a great leader and I believe God's helping all of us to grow even more as the leader that he's called us to be. Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned as we continue to upload more podcasts on learning to lead.